Hi everyone, lovely to be with you and to end the year with you and start a new one together in God's family. I am excited about 2024 because Jesus has already done it. He's already been through the year and he has kept every promise in 2024. And as we stop for a moment as people of God, rather than reveling in the in in the physical world, we revel in the spirit and we stop and we think where are we in God's big plan? What's happening in heaven? How are things going with God's promises? And where do we play a part? And if God has used us, if God has been a good to us, if he has been his faithful self, then it behooves us to stop and say, thank you. Thank you, Lord. To even look at each other and say, thank you. Thank you for being with me for this past year. Thank you for being my friend. Thank you for being my family. Thank you for looking after me and, and being there to watch out for me. To be grateful, you know, to be grateful, to live from gratitude. We've had a tough year, some of us, and we've had uh, some really hard times. Some have seen losses of loved ones. Some have seen their tribes go to war. Some have seen, uh, you know, their lives fall apart because of, of, of life and, and things that have happened. And we've seen, we've been with you. We've, we've, we've done life together as a church, as a people, as a nation too. So we stop and we are grateful. We express our gratitude. And also, as we look forward, we remember that 2024 is going to be exactly the same as 2023. There's going to be problems and challenges. There's going to be blessings and praise. And we're going to live all of it all over again, but with the same God. There'll be different challenges. There'll be different people. There'll be different situations, but the same God, the same promises. And with that in mind, I want to bring to you a psalm that might be the bedrock of your faith this coming year. As I present to you two titles that God gives himself in regard to you, in regard to 2024. Let me take you right now to Psalm 121. I really hope you have access to a Bible. If not, you can listen very carefully and then go back to this, uh, this beautiful Psalm and meditate on it. And I hope you'll do it many times this coming year. If I have preached on this before, don't worry about it. I'll be preaching on it a lot more in the future because it happens to be one of my favorite psalms. And my mother and father taught it to me in the King James Version. And I'll quote that for you a little later. But it has meaning and every verse is packed with promise for you. All right. So look into your Bibles if you can. And here is Psalm 121. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep you. He'll keep your going out and your coming in. From this time forth, through 2024, it's there, look, and even forevermore. King James Version, how I learned it when I was eight years old. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord 
who made the heaven and earth. He will not suffer your foot to be moved. He will keep you. Behold, he who keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will preserve you from all evil. He will preserve your soul. The Lord will preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Look carefully with me as I make some observations so that you could take your faith deeper and, uh, and, and stick your feet deeper into the character and the permanence of God. Once in verse 1, the psalmist says, I will. And from verse 2 onwards to the very end, he says, he will. You take one step and God takes the six steps. You take one step and God fulfills his promises. You take God up on his promises and God comes through. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills. And he says, from where does my help come from? He's not asking a question. He's saying, where else does my help come from? And this is a psalm of ascent. That means the people of God are all heading up towards Mount Zion. And they are going to, the, to do their annual worship up there on the mountain. And as they uh, walk up the, the hilly and somewhat rough road up to the mountain, they are reminded of God's goodness. They are filled with fear of God's presence. And they are singing songs as they move up there. And this is one of the songs that David wrote for them to sing as they went up. So when they went up the hill, they were literally going up the hills. says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills. For whence cometh my help? Or where does my help come from? Of course it comes from God. Of course it comes from God. We're going to turn our eyes up for a lot of things this coming year. What's it going to be? Who is it going to be? Who are you looking to for your security? Who are you looking to for your future? Who do you think is going to be there no matter what? And if you haven't learned how to make God that, that anchor, you need to do that soon. You need to do it quick. And the best way to do it is to become aware of his promises and hold him to his promises. But the one I will will result in six other he wills. Look at the psalm. He says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. And then he says in verse two, my help comes from the Lord. And if you notice, I hope it's the same in your Bible, but all the Lord, L-O-R-D, are in capital, which means he's talking about Adonai, the God of heaven, the God who made the heaven and earth. He says, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and who made earth. Now we're talking about the God who made the earth you stand on. He made the stars you look at. He made the bright shining sun. He made the body that gets sick and looks to him for healing. He made the world around you. He made everything work and makes everything work. So the God who made heaven and earth is still in control of heaven and earth. The only thing he's not in control of is the hearts of men. But everything else in life and death, God is in control of. And then he starts in verse 3 to say, he will not. Verse uh, uh, 4, he who keeps Israel will neither, he will not slumber nor sleep. The Lord is our helper. The Lord is our helper. So in verse 3, he says, he will not let your foot be moved. In verse 3 and 4, he says, he will not sleep. He will not even take a nap. In verse 7, he says, he will keep you. He will keep you. Uh, again, in verse 7, he says, he will keep your life. And I learned it in, uh, in the King James Version. He says, he will preserve 
your soul. He will preserve your life. Okay. And verse 8, he says, he will keep you in your going out. That means in your travel and in your coming back. So every time you're going out, every time you're traveling out, he's watching over you. He's, he's tracking you. He's monitoring your, your, he's going ahead of you. He's taking care of you. And I want you to note the different areas of your life. God is, uh, is there to help you. God is there to keep you. I will lift up mine eyes under the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He, firstly, will not let your foot be moved. That means he's going to take care of your walk. He's going to take care of your stepping, your steps, your next steps, your decisions. Every step is a decision. Every decision is a direction. He will take care of that. He's got you covered. And then he brings in the whole sleep and slumber thing. Have you noticed that? Because you need to sleep. This year you will spend one third of this year sleeping. And you did the same thing last year. And maybe some of you didn't get enough sleep, but you sleep. But you know what? When you're sleeping, you need someone to take care of business. You need someone to watch over you. And he says about you and he says about Israel, he says, I will neither slumber nor will I even take a short nap, a siesta. I will neither slumber nor sleep. So he says, I will not let your foot be moved, right? That's stability in your walk. He says, I, and he who keeps you does not slumber. He does not fall off to sleep on duty, on guard. Behold, he who keeps Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. Then he says in verse 5, the Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not smite you by day, nor the moon by night. This is the protective guidance and guarding of God. The Lord is your keeper. There are two uh, identities that God has is portrayed here in this psalm. One is that he is your helper, paraclete in the Greek. And the other one is he is your keeper, your preserver. So this is your fortress. He is your rampart. He is your refuge. He's the walls around you. He's the wings around you. God has enveloped you. So not only does he go ahead of you, he also envelopes you. And that kind of tetra pack protection only God can give. And you must be grateful that God is not a physical protection. He is more than a physical protection. He is a spiritual protection, which means he first protects you from anything that is spiritually against you. From Satan, from demons, from, from the, the spirit world that is working against you. Because the spirit world uses your physical world to get to you. It's not the traffic. It's not your spouse. It's not the irritables in our life. It's not the weather. It's not the pollution. It's the spiritual onslaught of the wicked one. And as he seeks to devour you and take your peace in 2024, God protects you and he protects your entire being from the very onslaught of the wicked one. And then he also protects you physically. So, the Lord is your keeper. Say it to yourself right now. The Lord is my keeper. Just like you said, the Lord is my shepherd. You, sh you must learn to say in 2024, the Lord is my helper. Whenever you suddenly need help, the Lord is my helper. He will come through. I will use his help. I will turn to him. I will lift up mine eyes. He is my helper. He is also my keeper. This word keeper is very weak in this translation. I like what I learned, which is, he is a preserver. He preserves my soul. 
He preserves my going out and my coming in. That has a much more weightier sort of a protection on it. So not, the Lord is not only a paraclete, he comes alongside to help, but he's also a, a preserver. He, he's a, a bodyguard, if you must. He's a bodyguard. He's, a, he's, a, he's an entire team that is ready around you to look after you. So verse 1 and 2 says, he is my helper. Verse 5 says, he is my keeper. These are verses you should go back to in your year ahead. Verse 5 says, he's your keeper. Then when he explains that, he says, the Lord is your shade on your right hand. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. So not only is he protecting you from uh, the, the wicked one, he's also protecting you from your own ways. He's protecting you from the beating sun, so to speak. He's protecting you from the circumstances around you, how you feel, how things work out around you to make you feel the way you feel. You get what I'm saying? Verse 6, the sun shall not strike you by day. So if it's daytime, God's got you covered. If it's nighttime, nor the moon by night, it's got you covered. Now, when does the sun or the moon ever strike you? You get the, the allegory here, right? Through the day and through the night, God's got you covered. And I want to wrap up with verse 7 and verse 8. The Lord will keep you from all evil. Now he's protecting you from your worst enemy. That's you. He's protecting you from yourself. The Lord will keep you. He will preserve you as the evil within you is removed and the holy character of God is infused. The Lord will keep you from all evil and he will preserve your soul. Over here it says he will keep your life. Over there he says he will preserve your soul. What does that mean? That as you live your life and go through the circumstances, the relationships, the, the agony of life, the trauma of life and the people in your life, the broken people in your life. God may or may not allow your body to live forever, but he will preserve your soul forever. So the best part of you, the most important part of you, is actually preserved. I like the word preserve. Will you underline it, highlight it, and remember that God preserves. He not only comes alongside to help you along your way, to watch your step, to watch your directions and to watch your decisions, but he also goes ahead of you. He also is a shade to make sure the sun does not get to you. He's not, he's not only that, but he also protects you from yourself. And that, my brothers and sisters, you're going to need. He will keep you from all evil because evil is going to come your way and evil is going to connect with you, the evil part of you. It's going to entice you and you're going to have to be protected from it. Remember the Lord's Prayer? It says, lead us not into temptation. Lead us not into evil. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. And finally, in verse 8, he says, he will keep your going out. This is a matter of direction. This is a matter of travel. This is a matter of, of moving around. When you leave home, when you leave your comfort zone, when you leave your familiar zone, you know how you worry about your loved ones? and how you worry about your children, the Lord looks after us. He will keep us and he will preserve us. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Preserve, fortress, rampart, refuge, wall, stronghold, cave, rock. Take any allegory you want. God has got your back. And if you turn to him in the I will, 
and say, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills. Where else does my help come from? Once God's your everything, you find a deep strength soar from within you, surge from within you, and your confidence will be unstoppable. 2024 is going to be just like 2023. Life is going to be hard. It is not your year of breakthrough. It is not your new season. There's going to be nothing new under the sun. Life is going to suck. People are going to be hard. Times are going to be tough. The rupee will rise and fall. And people are not going to necessarily change. You have a God who doesn't change. And he needs to be your rock. You focus on that, life will take care of itself. Because he's your keeper and he is your helper. The Lord bless you and I wish you a holy new year. God bless. Let me take this opportunity to pray with you as we bring 23 to a close and move into 24 in the spirit, in God's promises, and with a quiet confidence in him. We want to pray that this year we will strengthen ourselves in a life of personal devotion to God, a life of quiet devotion to God. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much, Lord, for this past year. If anything happened that was difficult, you allowed it. Why you allowed it, you will explain later when we are in heaven. Why things happen the way they happen, one day we will know why. But for now, we want to trust you in your goodness. We want to trust you in your sovereignty. And we are grateful that you're the one who's sovereign. Satan is not sovereign. Our leaders are not sovereign. We are definitely not sovereign. But thank Thanks be to God, you are sovereign. Because only you're the one who can handle it. You're the one who can handle being completely in charge. So Father God, we are grateful that you are our God in 23, you will be our God in 24, and that your protection and your preserving, Lord, is guaranteed. It's written into your character. So I pray, Father God, for a deep sense of gratitude for everything that has transpired this past year for the tough times, for the boring times, for the uncertain times, for all the fearful thoughts that have uh, rushed through our minds like a hurricane, for all the times we felt alone, for all the times we felt somewhat discouraged, for those who have gone through seasons of even uh, suicidal thoughts or thinking their life has amounted to nothing, for those who have felt that their life has been a waste up to this point, for those who have unduly taken credit on themselves for the, and glory for success and achievements that wasn't really theirs to take. No matter where we've been in our life, Lord, we want to be grateful. We want to be grateful for the ups and downs, for the good times and the bad times. We want to be grateful for what we had, what we didn't have. We want to be grateful for the many prayers you didn't answer. We want to be grateful for the many ways you did take us forward and looked after us. We want to be grateful for the many people you removed from our life because we, we don't know what you saved us from. For the many things that didn't work out, because we don't know what you saved us from. Because we will be assured of this one thing, that you are a good God and you operate out of your goodness. And sometimes your goodness hurts us. But Lord, with that confidence in your goodness, we move into this coming year knowing that you love us and that you who gave us your son, how will you not give us all things else other than him? How will you and why would you hold back anything else that's good for us? So we commit together as your people on this earth till we see the face of Jesus. We commit our year into your hands. 
asking you, Lord, to lead us every day into your word, to open our ears to the word and to the voice of God every day and give us a hunger for your voice. Help us not to be satisfied with our day until we've heard your voice. Open our eyes that we would see wonderful things out of your word. Give us a hunger, a holy hunger for your word. Many of us have lost the taste and desire to be in the word. We get bored, we get distracted. Oh God, give us a deep hunger for your word. I pray that you'd give us a love for your people. How can we say we love God and not love our brother? This is hypocrisy. This should not be. So Father God, we pray as, a, as, as 1 John talks about, loving our brother, we pray that this year we would love people into our life. And we would love people because of how much you have loved us rather than how much they love us. So Father God, I pray that this year would be a year of building relationships, rebuilding broken relationships, and preserving relationships because they matter and we're going to do eternity with them. I pray, Father, for the open doors this coming year, for the opportunities and the provision. I ask you to, to provide and I trust you to provide. Along with others today, we promise that, Father, for our needs in this next year, whether it is a spouse, whether it is a job, whether there's an opening within a job, whether it's success and achievement within our workplace, whether it's protection in our home or a dream for our children, we will look to you. We will come to you. We will bathe it in prayer and we will seek you in all things. Lord, we commit 2024 to you. It already belonged to you. But Lord, we want to live it as if it belongs to you so that at the end you may get the glory. Father God, holiness is what you want from us. Happiness is what we seek. Help us to live our year giving you what you want because you have already given us everything we need. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.